Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we are not really going to talk about sports on this. So if you're, if, no. you're, if you're listening, you probably don't care when we talk about ASU anyway, and you're just friends of ours who are doing us a favor. We appreciate that. Right. Um, right. This, this, is a, is, this is like one of those TV shows where they don't, you know, like if you used to watch ER... Mm-hmm. Most of the shows took place in the ER, but they'd have one or two a season where it was like somebody went to see their family and it was an epic episode, you know, about something different. This is kind of what this is. So what happened with this was when Matt and I were talking separately from recording, uh, you know, maybe a couple months ago at this point, I made the bold statement that I feel like Ryan Reynolds was one of, if not the top comedy actor going right now and uh, I, I think we yeah the, the parameters were we didn't really put a time range but we kind of took out the you know from after the 90s because I threw out you know the Adam Sandler and we kind of agreed like hey let's go 2000 to present yeah so uh, so, so we're a, leaving a out day range we're leaving yeah. out prime Sandler prime Spade and all of Chris Farley's career yeah and, and everything well, before that of, you know, I was say along with Eddie Murphy and Bill Murray and some of the some of the greats of yesteryear. So here, I'm going to give you my my pro Ryan Reynolds argument, and then I want to talk about where he fits in the pantheon of 2000s to today comedy actors. All right. Okay. So I think we can all agree that he is terrific in Deadpool. It, it's hilarious. He does. It's a good movie. Yes. He plays well off of T.J. Miller. He's a great sarcastic character. It it's right in his wheelhouse, like how every Vince Vaughn character outside of True Detective <laughs> is just Vince Vaughn. I right, fe- I feel right. like Deadpool leans into his, you know, physically fit, snarky, sarcastic, yeah. um, and and I think it's as close to a perfect superhero comedy as we've seen. Um, sure. Then then let's go talk about some of his other leading man roles. Obviously, Van Wilder is amazing. It is in the pantheon of great college movies. It's National Lampoon. I believe, yes. Um, yes. You know, it gave us, you know, top, you know, Tara Reid moment. I, I put Tara yep. Reid and Van Wilder ahead of all of her American Pie appearances. Um, yeah, yeah. She was at her finest in that movie. I would agree with that. It also introduced us to Cal Penn. And... I don't, I, you know, as far as movie rewatchability is concerned, uh, Van Wilder has Animal House-esque qualities to it. Oh, that's a, that's a statement. I, I don't know if I agree or disagree, but that is a statement. Well, not just because Tim Matheson is in it, but because... That's true, that's true. It is, it's a bit of a passing of the torch. I, I'm laughing at things when I watch Van Wilder for moments that are coming later. Like the, oh, absolutely! You and know that, that is the the ultimate barometer of a of a comedy movie for me is can you can you know what's coming and still think it's funny or does it kind of tiresome? Uh, you know, not necessarily that you don't like it, but you know, you watch it a third or fourth or fifth time and you think, yeah, it's just not as good. Um, and and I agree, it is one of those movies that is is still funny. I mean, you know, it's the college, you know, Lothario character who's been in college for too long, like Bluto, <laughs> but gets right. all the girls, like Otter. 
you know, right, it, right. It, it really is great. And, you know, the stuff with the side characters with Sick Boy and when he yells, get yeah. me the law club. And I laugh at that as if that's a, a funny joke line when it's really <laughs> like the culmination of, you know, the him standing up for himself. Line. Yes, yes, yes. No, I I agree. I mean, it's it's good. Don't don't miss me. Um, there's there's nothing at all wrong with Van Wilder and for a uh, a nine hundred two one zero fan like myself, um, the subplot of Matt Bernie playing the evil bad guy when in nine hundred two one zero he was like the ultimate good guy who never did anything wrong until the very end of the show and they had to turn him. But that's a different story. It's an interesting casting because in 90210 he played like the wholesome good guy to Dylan McKay's bad guy role, and and a totally different way of of going about things in this role. And so that brings me to an interesting inflection point uh, to talk about this discussion. The other kind of leading man roles that he does, because I'm setting aside the action movies, but the romantic yeah. comedies. Just Friends, right. The Proposal. When you right. need a movie that's like, it's got the humor in it, but you need it to be family-friendly yes. or date-appropriate, he gives you that, yes. too. He's got that in his bag of tricks. He does. Which, I, you yeah. know, I love Seth Rogen, and later I'm going to tell you where I put Seth yes. Rogen on my Pantheon, but he doesn't give okay. you that. That is not in his wheelhouse. True, true. No, I agree. Now, to me, you have yet to mention what I believe is possibly his funniest role. Well, I think that's where I'm going next, which is the ensemble okay. participation in okay. Waiting. Okay, yes, yes, and that is it. At, as Monty in Waiting, he, you know, that is, for as much as Deadpool is, like, when he reached the pinnacle as far as yes. box office success, Waiting yes. is where it's boiled down to its purest form of sarcastic, kind of a jerk. Yep. But somehow you're rooting for him because you think, like, he actually is the coolest guy at shenanigans and you should be friends right. with him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes. I I am a big fan of waiting. Um, and you're right, it is an ensemble cast. It, it's not necessarily carried by one character over any other. It, it works because of all the different characters and the different subplots. Um, and yet I would say he's the thing that brings it together. Uh, he's the, the element involved in, in most of the storylines, at least uh, to an extent. So, so uh, you know, and, and is, to me, Deadpool was his waiting character as a superhero. Yeah. He played kind of the unredeemable good guy, if, if that makes any sense. Like, the, the thing I always liked about waiting as compared to Van Wilder is it never went for the sentimental note. Van Wilder's very good, but it does end on that normal comedy hey, the guy sits and he figures out his life. And, you know, you kind of expect Waiting didn't go that route. Waiting was a one-day sort of story, and so you you didn't see the, oh, here comes the character figuring his life out. You just saw the humor, and that was it. Well, and this brings me to an interesting point. There's a guy who I had a lot of trouble placing in my hierarchy of comedy actors from the 2000s, and that's Sean William Scott, because... He, he right. doesn't really have a leading role in anything except maybe role models, and that, that's a yeah. big maybe on that one. Yeah, but yeah I mean, in the he's, un- he's a co-lead of yeah. that, for sure. But, but in the yeah. ensemble realm, the American Pie movies, Road Trip, right. he's top-notch. Right. And then when we get to the last point, which is the cameo realm, he's got yes. Jay and Silent Bob, Old School. True. 
you know, Old school, yeah. Ryan Reynolds gives you Harold and Kumar in the cameo True. realm, as True. well as yeah. uh, you know the Marvel superhero universe where he keeps showing up as Wade Wilson in Deadpool. Um, right, right, right. But, but you know, it makes it hard to compare guys like this because Ryan Reynolds gives you across the board leading right. romantic comedy ensemble sure. brief parts. And, and it's hard to find somebody who hits on all of these notes. And lest we forget, since we started in 2000s, you get season two and three of Two Guys, A Girl, in a Pizza Place, one of the most <laughs> underrated comedies on ABC. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Who I, I believe the female lead in that was uh, Charlie Bailey Gates' short-term wife and me, myself, and Irene. I don't know her real name, but I believe was the, the girl in the Two Guys, and a Girl concept. There was, was she the same one who was in Dirty Work? I think it's the woman from Dirty Work who was in it. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it is. Yes. Yes, and, you're right. Uh, and then the woman who was uh, Michael Bergen's rival, Ryan Reynolds' character's rival slash yeah. love interest, is now on Silicon Valley with T.J. Miller, mm. who is the second right. leading male in Deadpool. So it really all ties into the Ryan Reynolds a, uh, coaching tree. It's a Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation sort of thing, basically. Exactly. So yes. So that is my overarching pro Ryan Reynolds argument. I, I yeah, think that and, he hits I, everything. There's not much that I can disagree with. Um, uh, you know, again, I think those, uh, to me, Van Other and Waiting are two of the, you know, the very upper echelon comedies for me. I don't want to put a number on it because I'm a fan of a lot of different comedy movies. It's when it comes to comedy movies, like starting quarterbacks for me, I like a lot of them and I'm not going to apologize for that. And I don't have to have two or three favorites and dislike the rest. Um, but yeah, to me, uh, my reaction, and all you know, when you sent that, was a, well, I like him, but there's people who have more volume, and to me, the 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 lead of this era is Will Ferrell. It's hard for me to ignore the amount of good comedy movies that Will Ferrell has produced since 2000, and then throw in all the sets on Saturday Night Live in that era too, and it's like that that just jumps off the page. Well, and that's the thing is Will Ferrell actually does all of the things that I brought up for Ryan Reynolds, except you could argue maybe not romantic comedy, but, no, but no, he I does agree. all the he's, other things and he does them so well between Ricky Bobby, Anchorman, yes. you know, and the yes, cameo I, roles in Wedding Crashers and you absolutely. Know, the ensemble. And the goods, in, which I know is a movie that I don't believe you've seen, but his cameo in Goods is an all-timer as far as I'm concerned. Well, and his ensemble work in old school is terrific. Um, correct, correct, yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, for a stretch there during our late high school through college years, uh, he was churning out a pretty good comedy movie every year, whether it was, I believe old school was 03, and then Anchorman was 04. Elf might have been 03 as well, um, which is a movie that is funny, no matter what, like even if you're not a Christmas person, that's still a funny movie. You know what? Uh, I will say I think that fits into – it's not a romantic comedy per se. But you're right. But it fits into yeah. that role of like it's something you can watch with your parents or your niece and it's nephew. Been, it's and very much a, 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 you know, a very different type of role for him. You look at right around then he was Ron Burgundy and Frank and old school and then you have the, – you know, and that was a family-friendly comedy. Didn't have any raunch to it. 
but still funny. Like, it, you know, it, it, it found the right balance. Some of you and I have talked about this with other actors that sometimes it's like they go to, you know, Adam Sandler, I think, lately has gone too far into the trying to make family comedies, and they're just not that funny. Elf was just the right balance of, yeah, you know, you can watch it with little kids. They're going to laugh, but you're going to laugh as a 31-year-old, too, and that's, you know, even if you're not around kids. Um, so, like, uh, that, that's, that's a statement. Was a, that was a, a gem of a movie that worked out. So here's a guy who I want to bring into the discussion because I, I don't know what, how to treat him. And, and I want okay. your thoughts. What do you do with Paul Rudd? He's in 40-Year-Old Virgin. He's yeah. in Role Models. He's in Anchorman. You know, he's in that one with, uh, you know, where he's getting married to Rashida Jones. And uh, I love you, man. I love you, man. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. But where do you put him? Because he's, I think he is the, he's the best guy to play off of in things. True. And he True. can still and, be and funny. He yeah. plays the he plays the straight man role well. Um, I mean, I, the exception to that would be, I guess, Anchorman, where he played the you know there wasn't really a straight man. They all had their you know their craziness about him. But you know, more often than not, he is kind of the you know like I love you, man. The the comedy came more from Jason Segel. He was more the the lead. Um, well, role models, for- you know, to yeah. an extent, Sean William Scott was more the comedy, and he was more the you know I mean, he provided the comedy not quite as obvious yeah it's it's the same you know bud abbott role where he's you're laughing at the other guy because the other guy's the clown but he's the straight man who's setting him up and also giving delivering the slam lines and Um, still funny yeah i mean he was great role models is a movie that holds up too Uh, you know every time i watch that i find myself laughing a lot you know it's it's kind of one that it's not always at the top of my list but then when i watch it i think this is really funny like there, there's not much bad about that movie at all. Well, I think about Forty Year Old Virgin, and his character is usually like the voice of reason of, "Hey, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do," and this, right. you know. Right. But he's also critical to the "you know how I know you're gay" video game scene. Right. He is. He's and and his uh, you know exaggerated depression about his ex girlfriend kind of makes that movie go too, and mm-hmm. you know adds a subplot. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's good, definitely, you know, and, and anybody, any of the four guys, quite honestly, who were in Anchorman have an all-time role to, you know, I mean, if you want to throw Steve Carell's Brick Tamland, even Dick Hector, who's also part of the ensemble in Waiting, as we've discussed, which is, you know, to, to circle back, uh, they, you know, th- those four roles are like all-timers, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're all unique unto themselves at that movie just kind of is a touchstone point. And again, this is why I come back to Farrell. Because that, that movie just kind of spawned so many different directions. Well, but so here's my question to you about... Because everything you said about Will Farrell, you know, Saturday Night Live, all of the movies, I agree with. I have nothing to say against him. But Steve Carell did The Daily Show, The Office, 40-Year-Old Virgin, right. Anchorman, you know... Evan Almighty, right. so not everyone's perfect. Right. But, you but, know. But a, a, a crucial um, supporting role in Bruce Almighty, which spawned the Evan Almighty. Yeah. Um, you know, he was kind of the villain in Bruce Almighty for, for a part of it. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's got a nice resume to put up there. You know, so here are the guys who I have listed 
without putting them in a specific order, that I think merit conversation. You've got the Wilson brothers and Vince Vaughn, Jack Black. Strangely enough, I think you have to put Jackie Chan in this conversation because of (sighs) the, the tail end rush hour movies and the Shanghai movies. True, true. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. he's more of the, you know, he, he's he's more of the straight man, which is weird because he doesn't right. do much talking. Like one of the primary plot points of the first of right. both of those is he doesn't talk. <laughs> right, right. Um, but so then you've got Vince Vaughn, you've got Jack Black, Ben Stiller. So you've got that whole crew. Yes. And, and then yes. you've got the Seth Rogen, Sean William Scott, Jonah Hill group and there is obviously overlap you know seth rogan's 40 year old virgin seth rogan as the camera guy in anchorman when they have to go shoot ling wong the very first role i ever saw seth in was the camera guy at the cat fashion show with veronica corningstone so one of the things also that you have to give seth rogan credit for is not only does he act but he's in super bad he wrote that true and he's in it true and that's true, and and to me, that is the subplot of Superbad that makes it rewatchable. As far as I'm concerned, I I never found Superbad to be as good as some people did. I, it's a funny movie. It's got some very funny parts, but without the plot of McLovin and the two cops, to me, that movie would not have carried all for me. Now, others might feel differently. I think they do. Um, I'm not a Michael Sarah fan at all. Drives me insane. Um, so the the plots that don't involve him are much funnier to me. Yeah, I mean, I think Superbad is really good, but I, I agree with you that if you take away those characters, it's a lot more like Juno or the last 20 minutes yes. of Judd Apatow movies. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the uh, Bill Hader, Seth Rogen as the two cops who, you know, they get, I mean, that just that's always funny. And a lot of times when Superbad is on TV... I will just watch the, you know, if I happen to turn it on and we're at the where, you know, where McLovin gets in the robbery at the convenience store and I know I'm going to see a lot of Bill Hader and Seth Rogen, I'll watch it. But if I turn it on and I've already missed that part or the majority of that or it's early, I usually don't stick with it because that's the funniest part of that movie. I will say, though, I think perhaps my favorite scene in the movie is the home ex scene where Jonah yes, Hill's yes. Seth just starts going True. off cursing about how it looks like the most fun. And all he's trying to do is get next to Jules right. so that he can right. do right. that. But, yes, uh, yes. I mean, that, that is funny. And Jonah Hill is funny. Uh, he's, he's, he's a guy who, you know, uh, maybe not as a lead guy. I'm trying to think of a movie where he's been in lead. 21 um, Jump Street. 22 Jump Street and War Yeah, Dogs. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. I forgot about those. Those were very good. Yes. Those were, those were surprisingly good. Those movies were, especially the first one, like, I didn't think I was going to like it, and I loved it. Um, but he's good, no no question. Um, but, yeah, to me, Superbad has to have that subplot of of the two cops and McLovin. Without it, it just it's, it's more of a coming-of-age movie. Yeah, which is fine, but not what we're doing here. Here we are right, doing exactly. comedy. Exactly. Um, I mean, hey, I, I love it every now and again that can make you think or... Or, you know, inspire, you know, that kind of silence when the movie's over. Sometimes that's cool. For the most part, I like a movie that's going to make me laugh. And, and it's going to make me laugh repeatedly. And that's what I look for. So, what do you... Let, let's do an interesting comparison. 
Okay. Which Wilson brother, if you're building a movie, which Wilson yeah. brother do you want? I feel like it's Owen. I think it's Owen. Uh, you know, I mean, I know Luke Wilson was in old school and played exactly that sort of Paul Rudd type of role that we're talking about. Like, he was so forced to the comedy in old school. The comedy really came from Will Ferrell and Vince Vaughn, and Luke Wilson held it together. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I would go with Owen. I mean, the, the Wedding Crashers uh, and, a, and an underrated, I, I feel like, um, you know, a, a little bit. The Internship was a movie that was somewhat like Black Sheep, yeah. uh, where it just felt like, I think people thought of it as, oh, you're just recycling the formula. And to, a, to an extent they were, but still really funny. Um, didn't catch on the way that the original did, obviously, uh, like Wedding Crashers, which was a great movie. I, I mean, just a just a movie that holds up and is still funny and, uh, you know, had Bradley Cooper in a role that you could never see him in now. He's way too bizarre, but kind of the first time you saw him on a, on a main stage. Um, Rachel McAdams at her prime. I mean, that, that movie was good. Good Christopher Walken. First time There's you ever saw Isla movie. Fisher. Exactly, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that... That movie had a lot, and a lot of, you know, all the little, uh, as you mentioned with Van Wilder, the little subplots, the crazy grandma, the gay brother, uh, you know, I mean, the things that, like, they didn't really play into the overall plot of the movie, but without them, the movie's not as good. So let me, let me ask you this, because on the subject of Owen Wilson, you get in Meet the Parents, just barely, because it came out in 2000, right. but Meet the Parents comes that's in. Right. So that's him in, a, yes. in that cameo supporting role. But it's also yes. one of the first times where you see the Owen Wilson-Ben Stiller dynamic that then became True. Zoolander. True, Zoolander, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah, um, very true. Um, and a movie I liked a lot, even though it didn't do all that well, but Starsky and Hutch, I thought they were very good in too. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I would go Owen Wilson. Uh, to me, he's funnier on his own. Luke Wilson needs, a, a, you know, a, a something else, you know, whether it's it's old school or a cameo like he was, you know, as the, uh, I believe he was Frank Fichard in Anchorman, um, where he gets his arms torn. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that worked. Um, but, uh, yeah, for an, you know, I mean, I know Luke Wilson did a few movies as the star, and they weren't really very good from what I ever saw when i think the wilson brothers were in the royal tenenbaums which i i don't think i've seen I believe they were but it didn't i i tried to watch it it was one of those movies that like i, I feel like you almost have to be uh you know super super smart and like and you know and not to toot our own horns but we're smart no we we did well in college and high school but uh you know you have to be like one of those people who really likes to have intellectual comedies and that's just not me uh, you know, I like my comedies to be right there in my face. You know, like, um, some people like the smarter comedies. And to me, those Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore, that was another movie kind of like that. Like, just not that funny to me. Some people love them, though. Uh, they wear by those movies. Well, so let's pivot and talk about Ben Stiller. He, I think okay. he has the longevity that Ryan Reynolds, you know, I have to loop in two guys who are on a pizza place to get for him. But Ben Stiller, right. starting in 2000, you've got Meet the Parents, Keeping the Faith, right. the Meet the Parents sequels. You've got yeah. Zoolander. You've got Dodgeball. Then you can yes. pivot to Tropic Thunder. And, you know. Tropic Thunder, a great movie. A great, great movie, which, uh, you know, much like 21 Jump Street, was a movie that originally I thought. 
oh, this might be kind of stupid. And I love that movie. I could watch that every week and, and still find it amusing. And I mean, he just, he does the cameo roles well. He does he the does. lead. He does the romantic comedies with Jennifer Aniston. He does. And, he does, yes. You know, yeah, keeping, well, keep, Polly and yeah. I mean, the Heartbreak keeping, Kid. Keeping the Faith yeah. was a romantic comedy. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Now, if we go, uh, you know, we just have to go back a little further to get something out Mary. I believe that was late 90s. Yeah, so well, I, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about that, that you get, there's something about Mary, you get heavyweights, which, true, I mean, this is the true, thing that hurts Vince yeah. Vaughn is this doesn't include swingers. So you don't That's get true. swingers, yeah. which is his character-defining role. It is. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like uh, when you talk sports and you say, well, who's the best since 2000, and, you know, it's like, well, do you leave out a guy's career ended in 2002 or, you know, I mean, it, there's no perfect cutoff, but I feel like for us, 2000 to present, for the purpose of this discussion, works as well as we can get. Because if we start going back late 90s, then to me, you factor Adam Sandler with Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Dad, Wedding Stinger, Waterboy, which was a five in a row that to me are all classics. Do you think that Adam Sandler has still retained? Because there was a time where he had earned the, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and watch everything he does. Yeah. To me, he yeah. has lost that. I have not seen his sixth Netflix movie deal. I've watched no, one of them. I. I watched one neither with David I. Spade. I thought it was fine. But yeah, yeah, I wanted to watch that one, but I never did. Um, yeah, he kind of has lost it. Uh, I mean, I, I think in the last ten years or so, only maybe couple two or three of his movies have to me been really good one one i was that is my boy i i don't know if you ever saw that i love that movie that was that to me was like old school sandler where it was just funny it wasn't it wasn't meant to know a movie to take kids to it wasn't meant to make you feel a better person it was just funny um more and more of his movies lately are not really going for that anymore i don't think yeah i agree um, so one guy who has really always gone for the funny, but I think that sort of like Chris Rock in the nineties, we found that Jack Black is not really the lead, a lead guy. Nope. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, School of Rock was, was one movie I can say where he was the lead, although you could argue that the kids were also, but you know, essentially he, he was the character and that was really funny. Um, but yeah, the other movies for him that I, that jump out to me are Saving Silverman, Orange County, which are movies where he's a supporting role, a big part of it. I mean, Saving Silverman doesn't work without him, but he's not the lead, uh, you know, and, and the movies he has been the lead just aren't that good. It, is Jason Biggs the poor man's Paul Rudd, would you say? Probably, probably, yeah, yeah, I mean... You know, uh, uh, Jason Biggs, it's the same thing that Sean William Scott does in that. Uh, and, and I know they make fun of this in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but you know, he's defined by the Jim Levenstein role. It's hard for to see him in anything else. And the same for Sean William Scott, basically, as you know, we talk about road trip and role models. He's essentially just playing a slightly different version of Stifler in those movies. And it, it's funny. It works. Um, but, you know, as, as for a lot of these guys, they get... You know, they kind of find their niche. Chris Farley was like that. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to uh, be, you know, Vince Vaughn. You you mentioned him earlier. You know, it's like the, 
you know, we expect their character to be that character. We expect Vince Vaughn to be, you know, Beanie slash um, Jeremy from Wedding Crash. And if he's not, well, we're not as interested. You know, it's yeah, just, we did it's not, not enjoy True Detective. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we watched it. You and I watched it. And you, you know, I, I thought he was, I thought he was decent in it. But it's just not what you expect. You know, you, when yeah. you watch Vince Vaughn, you want him to be that wise, cracking, sarcastic. Uh, life of the party kind of guy and he wasn't in that you know i mean so and jason biggs is you know he's he's kind of plays the uh you know the slightly goofy um you know good guy at heart who just you know has calamities happen to him and you know it, it worked for the american pie movies um, and saving but silverman. a lot of his it did exactly yeah you know again saving silverman was basically just a different version of jim levinson playing darren silverman yeah um, but I think it's, you know, I think it's interesting because you've got these different genres and like the American Pie movies, the Harold and Kumar movies, they're great, but it's tough to pick somebody out of them and say that guy. True. You know, true. Sean William well, Scott, I'm, I guess it would be the, the breakout from the American Pie of movies. Those. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, just as you watch those movies all you know, in the first one, Stifler's not that big of a focus. He's he's on sidelines. You know, we see him, obviously, he hosts the parties, but we don't get much development of Stifler. And then certainly by the third and the fourth one, he's a big, I mean, by the third one, really, it was essentially the Stifler movie with Jim and Michelle kind of playing, you know, Sam. Do you think that that grew out of the fact that the American Pie movies that were the straight-to-video or straight-to-streaming ones revolved yeah. around the Stifler family, his younger brother and his cousin? I, Probably to an extent it did, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Stifler was one of those character just resonant, you know, I mean, it happens on TV shows where, you know, you you read, you know, down the road, it's like, oh, this character wasn't, wasn't even really supposed to be a big part of it, but it well, and it ended up becoming kind of the focus of the show or want you know to go back to 90210 because everything to me comes back to 90210 dylan mckay was not supposed to be a long-running cast member and he caught on and he became kind of you know one of the iconic characters of that show yeah so, i'm, I'm sure they weren't planning on him being long-running when they cast a 38 year old to be a high school sophomore <laughs> <laughs> well hey that was younger than andre and steve but that's again a discussion for a different day uh, no, but I mean, it's the same yeah, thing like you know. Urkel on Family Matters. It was supposed to yes. be a small character for exactly. the, you know, you and know, then... But, but it catches on and it becomes you know, kind of, the, I mean, and I think, I, I think, you know, originally, you watch the first American Pie, it's about the four friends and Stifler's kind of on the sideline. And, and then in the second one, you see that transition because instead of the four friends getting this house and going away for the summer... It's, oh, we need a fifth, and guess who's here? It's Stifler, and so we could get him involved in more storylines and more scenes. And, you know, I think they said, you know, Stifler was the breakout star right away, pretty much, after the first one came out, that, you know, that, that's what resonated with people, I guess. Well, then you get to the, the American Wedding, and Oz right. isn't even in it, and they don't mention right. that Oz isn't in it, and Jim says Oz none of this wouldn't have been possible without you guys. Exactly. Yeah. There's no Oz. There's there's essentially no storyline for Kevin. Uh, you know, I we've discussed this. Uh, I know at one point in the past, Washington wedding, and it has the feeling that they didn't want Kevin to be in it, but he just showed up on the first day of filming, so they threw him in some scenes because they give him nothing. 
we know nothing about him at all. You know, he's he's just kind of a decoration piece in the background. We get a story of Finch. We get a story with Stifler. We get a story with Jim. So yeah, the you know the movies evolved away from the four guys who Jim and Stifler really, with Finch playing a you know complimentary role. Yeah, I mean, you could really argue that the first one was mostly about Kevin and Jim. And then yes. Oz yes. and Finch were the, were the second tier, and Stifler was third. Right. And by the end, Stifler right. was basically the main guy. Yes, yes. Now, the, the you know, reunion one, they kind of got back to trying to incorporate everybody, give us storylines in some ways, probably, probably tried to overdo it by bringing, I mean, it... it it worked, but but they couldn't develop things as much because they tried to give us you know six or seven different stories in ninety minutes. Like some things felt a little rushed, um, but they tried to back to that a little more. But again, it was the five of them. Well, if you go back and watch the first one, Stifler really wasn't their friend, and they make that joke at one. I can't remember which movie it is, but at one point, you know, I believe it's Finch says, you know, we're friends with Stifler. We've been friends with you know, like they weren't. When they, you know, were in high school, and then that kind of evolved over. You now, Oz was friends Stifler. The others really didn't have much to do with him at all. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. It's a fun debate to have. I, I don't think we're done. I don't think we solved anything. Oh, there's, there's no, uh, there's no solution to this. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it is a little bit like the sports debates. If you debate, you know, where does LeBron fit in? Well, some people will say. Number one, some people will say, not even in the top ten. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, and we've, we've covered Grant. Uh, um, I have to think of who we didn't discuss. One person we didn't discuss that doesn't have much volume yet, I think, is Jason Sudeikis uh, with the horrible Boss movies and We're the Millers. A good start for him. Uh, we'll see if he can, you know, keep up the traction. Yeah, he did that uh, beer brewery movie with uh right you know so he's got he's got a lot of stuff plus he's got snl and perhaps the best sports related commercials where he's the uh, american coach who goes to coach the european league soccer that's right that's right yes yes yeah i mean he was he was really good on saturday night live for a long period of time had great characters and uh yeah i mean and and you know horrible bosses movies to me are one where, first of all, I'll say the sequel is almost better than the original, and that you don't see very often. Um, but the sequel was so good that it almost makes you forget the original. Um, and Where the Millers was a really good movie. So he's, he's off to a good start. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, putting him with Jennifer Aniston seems like a good combination. This, they might be, it was. They might be the next wave of the Adam Sandler-Drew Barrymore, where we're just seeing was, movie after yeah. movie with them. It worked. It worked in that one, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was a movie that, uh, kind of like some of these others, I, I sort of thought, eh, we'll see how it is, and, and I thought it was great. Um, and continue to laugh at it every time I see it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that to me is the ultimate measure. You said it. Can you watch a movie for the 10th time and 20th time and 30th time and still think it's funny? And there have been movies I've gone to the theater to see, and I leave thinking, oh, that was really good. And then I watch TV, and they're not bad. It's not like I changed my mind completely, but they're just not as good. And then there's the opposite. There's the movies that I've gone to see and thought, eh, okay. And then the more I watch them, the more I laugh. And those are the ones that usually stick with me for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, you know. I I will say, like, there are movies where I think, oh, I really want to see that, and then I, I don't, and, like, yeah. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. I, I wanted to see it in the theater because I love Anna Kendrick, and, I, right. you know, and I think the guy from Workaholics, uh, is yes. Adam, is really funny. But yes. I didn't, and then I kept putting it off, and then I watched it, and I'm like, this is pretty good. But it, it feels like one of those movies where I'm going to watch it again in like three months and i'm gonna think it's hilarious and it's just gonna build on yeah itself. yeah yeah i mean i i watched it the one time um when it was on hbo i think in the last few months and and i enjoyed it um and it had like saw or when i've sit on again it hasn't pulled me back in but it might you know sometimes i mean one movie that i always remember and we've talked about it a ton in this is anchorman the first time i saw anchorman i thought it was good but i didn't I didn't leave there thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be, you know, quoting this movie 15 years from now. And then the more I watched it, the better it got. And it just became, like, you know, became one of those movies that's like a go-to, one of the all-time best. So, yeah, certain movies just have a, a longer shelf life. There's. I know he doesn't fit into our discussion because he's just not of the generation. But look at all the movies Fred Willard's been in that we've liked. True, true, yeah, yeah. uh, He's in Anchorman, he's got a cameo at the beginning of Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar, exactly, yes, yes. And then all Uh, the Christopher Guest movies, which might fall into your too smart for their own good, but I'm not, I think they're, I think they're on Sometimes can be really funny. Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of those, I believe, have Eugene Levy, if I'm not mistaken, which, you know, to get to the American Pie, he... He was also a breakout star of American Pie, not for generation by any means, but, uh, you know, he, he was probably a bigger star of those than they ever imagined he would be. Eugene Levy is like the NBA keep getting them checks, guys. Like, he was in every American Pie, even the straight to DVD ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's, you know, I, I think, I believe they used to make fun of Nicolas Cage for being in every movie. Eugene Levy is that like he has never said no to a casting call. If they call him, you know, hey, can you be tomorrow? He's there. Yeah, yeah. But he's always funny. I mean, that's that's one thing for him. Like small doses, usually we don't see him in starring roles that often. But mm-hmm. he's usually pretty funny when he shows up. There was one of the straight to DVD American Pies. I think it was Book of Love. It does yeah. a really great thing if. It's for people like us who just love comedy movies overall. Because there's a scene where he's getting advice from all these people trying to put together the book again after they destroy it. Ah, okay. And when they go through, the people who he talks to include, like, Tim Matheson and uh, Robert Romanis. told me that. You know, from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And they just are saying their their well-known best lines. Yes, And it's, it's great. So... You know, I never did see that one, but I do remember you telling me that. Now that you say it, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. You know, if you yeah, if you okay. are looking for something that you don't have to really think that hard about, it's a pretty good movie. And and a lot of times that's the case. Yes, uh, I mean, I was just having discussions with people at work and talking about Step Brothers came up, and one of the ladies, oh, I never saw that. And like, you know, if if you're looking for a movie that's going to you know challenge you emotionally. That's not it. But if you're looking for, you know, a hundred minutes where you're going to laugh a lot, that's a good movie. Yeah, uh, it, it works. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another 
Will Ferrell classic as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, you know, like we, we talked about the early ones. We didn't talk much about Talonites, Blades of Glory, Step Brothers, even Semi-Pro, which kind of gets a bad rap. Uh, really funny movies as far as I'm concerned. I will say I put Semi-Pro and Blades of Glory a half step behind the rest. Um, okay. They, they feel see, to I, me... I like those. See, they feel to me like we're trying to recreate like how Black Sheep feels. That's how these feel. Like, oh, Talladega Nights was great, so let's just do it again with a different sport. I think that really definitely hurt Semi-Pro when that came out because it was like his third sports movie in a short amount of time. And and I think people just – but the Semi-Pro is is a great example of a movie that when I saw it at the theater, I thought, okay. And and then the more I watched it, uh, it's just got some some ridiculous, you know – funny lines just uh, you know little little scenes that you're like you know this is pretty funny the more you give it a chance yeah another guy who we didn't talk about who does not belong in this category but is somebody who i would say let's keep an eye on for at least a Mm -hmm. jack black level of career run is dave franco dave Dave franco is in everything so he's in the now you see movies he's in neighbors Neighbors, yes, you yes. Know, Which Neighbors, you know, as we talk, Seth Rogen. Uh, Neighbors was a really good movie. Um, you know, the did you ever see the second one? No, not yet. It it was good. Um, it felt a little rushed. Like they just they like take kind of they put it out too soon, and it just didn't really seem like we were we were craving another Neighbors just yet. Um, but it was funny. The first one though was was really funny. I mean that that's a movie that grew over time. Well, and, and let's not, because I feel like there's, at the risk of being accused of sexism, we should talk briefly about the Melissa McCarthy, Rose Byrne, yeah. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, between, basically be if honest, you were in Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids, yes, yes. Was a, was a very funny movie. And, and a movie that I resisted at first because I thought, oh, it's going to be a chick flick comedy. It's and, the, it's and the hangover, was, but for women. But it was very funny, yeah. Yeah, and it was Melissa McCarthy's breakout performance. I mean, I'd never heard of her before that. I know she was in that show. Mike and CBS, Molly. Yes, but I had never watched it. Um, Best yeah, thing CBS you know, was, did was locked her into a five-year deal on that show yeah, when she was just yeah. hitting it big. Right, right, yeah. I mean, that that was a very funny movie. And Kristen Wiig was so good on on Saturday Night Live. I thought she'd be in more funny movies by now. Like, like you know, after Bridesmaids, I kind of thought, all right, she's just going to start churning them out. And it hasn't quite gone that way. Like she, I'm she trying to think of a movie I've seen. That's true. See, I didn't see that. Uh, you you and I have discussed that one. That just uh, just didn't feel right to me. If I, you know, I I'm going to steal this line from Mike Wilbon because they were talking about the remake of White Men Can't Jump and how it was unnecessary. And he said, if I want to see White Men Can't Jump, I can just go get the original. And that, to me, is Ghostbusters. If I want to watch Ghostbusters, I'm just going to pop in the DVD with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis, and I'm going to laugh. Guaranteed. Yeah. No, I mean, I... Just my thought. I know that makes me sound like get-off-my-lawn guy, but, like, I, you know, I, I didn't see the new Ghostbusters. A lot of the people in it are very funny. Kate McKinnon is very funny. She's great on Saturday Night Live, and I think it's only a matter of time she leaves Saturday Night Live. And, and you know, she's starting to pop up in more and more movies. I'm surprised she's still on the show. Um, I, I think they funny. can't afford to lose her. That's what they I really think is going on. Yeah, I mean, but, but you know, as always, these people, I mean, it's like Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was so 
vital to Saturday Night Live, but then it just becomes, you know, so many other opportunities pop up. You, you know, you you just you go. I mean, it's just how it goes, and then they find somebody else. You know, it's uh, it's the cycle. I mean, Kristen Wiig was Kate McKinnon five years ago. She was in everything on that show. She she carried so many skits, and I I had higher hopes for her early movie career that haven't quite worked out, but. But I think she's. Time. But I think she's choosing as opposed to taking everything. Like it might be. It might know. be. I just uh, you know I just I guess Brides was funny, and I thought all right she's gonna be you know we're gonna start seeing her in stuff all the time and we just haven't seen it quite as much as I expected. Well, but I think you don't want to be late '90s, early 2000s Sandra Bullock where every romantic comedy I'm in. <laughs> Like you've got to, you've got to pick and choose your spots, or else you just saturate the market. Possibly, possibly that's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I'm gonna have to say I'm a little bit wary of you besmirching Sandra Bullock. I'm not knocking Sandra Bullock. I'm merely suggesting that Sandra Bullock spent a lot of time doing romantic yeah, comedy did. movie after romantic comedy movie. After and, a while, you were sleeping. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like her. That speed, that that put her on the map, and then she was in everything. Yeah, and so I think, like, maybe Kristen Wiig's doing a little different strategy. Could be, could be, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with that. But no, you're right, I mean, you know, they, they've, uh, they've, they've given us some funny movies. Bridesmaids was a movie that I, I resisted initially, and then saw it, and it's, it's funny. Um, it, it's tough, I mean, because those movies easily sway into chick flick territory, where you're like, oh, God. That one didn't, but it's hard not to, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think part of this discussion where it started and and where I just want to bring it back to was Rose Byrne has turned into kind of a go-to comedian. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you need that, you know, she's like the better version, the 2.0 version of every sitcom wife. Like, she's really good looking, but she's really funny. And you can pair her with people like Seth Rogen, where it's like, how are they together? And you can make all of those jokes. Um, Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, gosh, I'm thinking she was in in the internship. Um, She was in Neighbors. She was in Bridesmaids. Yeah, I mean, she's she's had a fair amount. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and and I want to go back uh, just so that we can round it out. Sandra Bullock has made some funny movies. That one where she was the undercover <laughs> FBI agent uh, was all right. And uh, uh, was that um, the Heat with McCarthy? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. That was a very. That was another movie. I know I've said this a lot. That was a movie that when I you know like my my parents saw it and they said they liked it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm probably not. You know. And then I watched it, and man, that's a funny. Now it's funny because of Melissa McCarthy, um, but yeah, that was that was very funny. That's a really good movie. But so if we're gonna go back and finish this on the six degrees of separation, she's in that, which is really funny. She's also in the proposal yeah. with Ryan Reynolds, which falls into Ryan the rom com yes. realm, which brings us back yeah. to Ryan Reynolds, who I still think <laughs> is one of the top comedy <laughs> actors we have going today. So, okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know, again, there is, there is no right or wrong. Um, you know, to me, to me, Ryan Reynolds is a little bit like a Terrell Davis. If we're going to go sport to movie analogy, his peak is really good. He just hasn't put together the volume that say an Emmett Smith or a Barry Sanders did. Well, Terrell Davis wound up in the hall of fame. He wound up in the hall. No, of fame. agreed. <laughs> agreed. Doesn't he wasn't better than them. He just didn't have the longevity, and you know, hey, that that happens. Uh, I mean, there's there's all timers and 
And then there's guys who have all-time careers over four or five years, and that's what Terrell Davis was. So, yeah, I, I, I'm. it's not a bad comparison by any means. I'm not saying it as a negative. No, and I'm not taking it that way. Uh, if you have thoughts on any of this, hit us up on Twitter at Ben and Matt Pod, uh, or text us because if you are listening, you probably have our phone numbers. So Right, right. Until, right. Uh, until next time where we will probably return to sports, he's Matt, I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.